Welcome to RAQA Today, the podcast that puts the fun back in quality, compliance, and regulatory affairs. Here's your host, Michelle Lott. Here's my take on MDR and just every day is terrible, horrible, no good right now for everybody across the supply chain, the industry, the notified bodies and the competent authorities, everybody's trying to figure it out together. So the big difference here is that the FDA is the FDA, is the only agency they are accountable only onto themselves. They don't have anybody to ask if there is something new and novel, if there might not be a standard to demonstrate state of the art, they are totally responsible for evaluating that safety and efficacy of that product in and of themselves. Whereas in the EU, the notified bodies are the reviewers of your technical documentation. Right now, there are 21 different notified bodies, and there are, and these are private companies. These are not, they're government designated, but they are private businesses so that they are accountable to these designations, to these competent authorities in a different way than the FDA. So once they give you the CE mark on your technical documentation, they become the defenders of your technical documentations in front of those national competent authorities that gave them those designations. And so this means that every European Union state has got a different competent authority. And so the the notified body may have to defend your technical documentation across, you know, 20 plus different government agencies as as opposed to one centralized agency in the U.S. Another big change in the European Union is that we, we had been until May 26th of this year under the medical device directive. Now, the scope of that was 60 pages. It consisted of 23 articles with 12 annexes, and there were probably dozens of guidance documents. And But that honestly was like a single tree. And now the MDR, the medical device regulation, is like being lost in the forest. And we sure did kill more trees to print the MDR for sure, because it's 175 pages. And so now we have 101 articles. Now, 71 definitions had very few definitions in the old. There's, I'm sorry, 101 whereas clauses with 10 chapters consisting of 123 articles and 17 annexes. So not only is just the volume, you know, an order of magnitude greater, just the scope and the depth, breadth and depth in which it covers the requirements is also greater. So the whereas are essentially the why of the MDR, the definitions and the chapters and articles make up the what, and then the 17 annexes plus the dozens of uh, MDCG guidance documents that are coming out are uh, the, the house. So what this really represents is a paradigm shift in the go-to-market strategy. Before FDA had a reputation of being very stringent and requiring a lot of clinical trials for newer novel devices. Well, these have basically shifted, the paradigms shifted, and now the EU is the one that's requiring all the clinical trials, uh, even on simple class 2A commodity products that have been on the market for 40 or 50 years. 
So now the FDA is the one that has got the reputation for being ease of entry and trying to come up with new regulatory paradigms to minimize clinical trial requirements. So basically in Europe, we have a, a really complicated uh, picture right now. We've got the 27 member states. You've got the EFTA that includes Switzerland that's going through Swixit. And then we have the United Kingdom that went through Brexit. And so that's, that's its own country now. And to make that even more complicated, Northern Ireland left Ireland to go with the UK, but they have their own certification scheme. So now you have to have a CE, a UKCA, a UKNI, and then who knows what's going to be coming with Turkey if, if they do Turkset. So long story short, it's, it's complicated. And even for the most seasoned regulatory professionals, it's really hard to figure out when you're trying to take on too many geographies all at one time. Another complication with the MDR is that there's a lot of lost in translation that ends up lost in space. So the, the MDR was originally written in English. And it was translated into obviously every language in the member state. But imagine all that literally gets lost in translation from language to language. And also Klingon was not one of the languages that they bothered to translate it into, but it might as well have been because I think that's about as easy to understand with what they were trying to accomplish. And I've actually heard notified bodies speak on this where they were getting audited for their designation by their competent authority. And, and it was actually a panel of, of a total of three people from three different competent authorities. And at one point in the audit, they started arguing amongst themselves about how to interpret a particular clause of the regulation, because the words in English, when they translated them into their own native languages, meant something different that affected how that they were interpreting their audit requirements. So how do you even figure out before you just decide that you wanna to go to the EU it is more important than ever to make a business case and a product portfolio rationalization to where you've got, you know, it's either flat out not worth it or it's like, yeah, who, who even knows? But okay, if it makes sense for some products, how do you approach that? Well, there's three different ways you can forecast your, your revenue. Do you already have an existing product on the market? If yes, that's more straightforward. You look at what your typical five-year growth plan is. If no, you have to look at, okay, this is our initial entry. What are our competitors doing? And what percentage of the market can we get? And does that percentage that we think we can get in what period of time going to justify the cost that we are going to um, incur? And I will tell you, just notified body costs are going to be between $100,000 and $300,000 in a three-year span. So this is not going to be a commodity market anymore. Or even uh, if it's not commodity novel but low, uh, low, lower cost product. And then if you don't really have a competitor yet because your product's novel, then you're going to need some kind of clinical data, maybe some adverse event model 
to, to model how are you going to get revenue here. So that's going to be the real bogey of as far as go or no go does, does from a financial perspective, the EU market makes sense. You're going to have ongoing cost. You're going to have to keep your quality management system updated uh, because MDR is new. They're coming out with new guidance documents every few months that you have to update your quality management system with requirements. I've already mentioned the third party fees. Uh, You've got the notified body. You've got a European authorized representative. You've got a Swiss authorized representative. You've got a UK authorized representative. And all of those are, 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 their fees are really getting to be exorbitant. You've got engineering updates. Every time a standard, a technical standard gets uh, uh, updated, you're going to have to retest your device or at least do a gap analysis. Label updates, you, there are going to be more and more translation requirements and the translations have to be certified. And then ongoing maintenance of all of those programs. And then on your your hypothesis, you have to look at like, okay, on average, you know, year one, you know, at best, are you going to get like a half percent of the market to justify that market entry cost? And then in Europe, they're also on a tender-based system. So the healthcare systems might not, when you launch, they may have just come off their tender and it may be three years before you get another opportunity to get into a particular uh, hospital or government care system. So here's a contrast in ways of communicating and a budget to expect. With the FDA, there are, these are just the most common ways of communicating with the FDA before review. There are, you know, more than a half dozen, and most of them are free in terms of engaging the agency. During market review, those fees are minimal. The cost to get the product to market is minimal. You know, compare and contrast that there really is no way in advance of your submission to have a discussion with the notified body that happens in the form of your application and your quotes. And right now, if you don't already have a notified body, I'm either being told, call us back in a year, you know, not we'll call you. You would think they're in the business. They would take your name and call you when they had space. That's not what's happening. Or just we're not taking any small to mid-sized customers right now at all because we've got all the business that we can keep up with, with our, you know, large fortune 500, 100 customers. So they're real and also notified bodies aren't allowed to consult, which is why you don't have this pre-review discussion. So then you, if you want a pre-review, you have to pay for it and you get basically audit items out of it. Then you go through, it's mainly they're saying basically that round three and you're out. In exceptional situations, they will do a round four. And then sometimes they have to bring in independent reviewers based on your technology. And so just in notified body fees, you can be between five and six figures just trying to get a single file cleared in fees, not not in the cost that it took you to create the submission in the first place and do all the testing. So really, at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself as a startup and a small company, does MDR make sense or does it make sense or am I going to really end up being in the black here?
that's kind of the, the end of my overview of what's happening with the, the FDA and the EU and some, some strategies and some questions that you need to ask yourself so you could, guys can avoid your own terrible, awful, no good day.